Welcome back. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new week. Oh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Awesome, guys. Welcome back to the greatest show on earth. Let's talk life and business. We got Chaz here on the line as well. What's going on, Chaz? Oh, you already know, bro. It's a beautiful morning. I'm ready to conquer this week, kick this week, Chaz. And uh, I'm real ready to uh, hit Nick's ass here in just about <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> so, so Chaz has Chaz got his gloves on. He's ready to hit him back with that one-two. Uh, Nick, yeah, what's boy. going on over there, Nick? Uh, tuck your move, baby. Tuck your move. I'm ready to come at like a dodgeball game. We about to we about to come flying high, and uh, just ready, man. It's been a, it was a great Easter. Got to spend some time, take care of what I got to take care of, what I got to do, and and uh, man, we're just ready. Ready to talk to you all. Ready to share. Ready to. Uh, Talk to everybody out there. That's all of our listeners who have been absolutely incredible. Uh, I'm ready, brother. Absolutely, guys. And, and again, we continue to appreciate you guys, the support we're getting from all the friends, families out there. Y'all keep sharing this show. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, we we appreciate the support. Keep sharing it. As you guys know, last, last uh, episode was all about Charles Hewitt. Who's Charles? Let's go. He talked to us a little bit about, you know, what he went through. And, and what's up with Charles, right, Chaz? Oh yeah, what's up, man? Hey, no, I, I mean, honestly, yeah, um, super excited to to kind of really get some feedback from Nick and and what's been going on in his life and kind of giving that little one two piece as well. But no, <laughs> no, honestly, man, uh, Nick, <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually super excited to, to to hear your story, and I'm even more excited to hear Brian's as well. I mean, next week, so um, I mean, we can honestly really just start it off. Um, by, by, I mean, asking, you know, I mean, who are you, Nick? <laughs> that's a, that's a big question to ask my friend. That's a, that's a large question to ask. Uh, it goes to so many different depths and so many different directions when you ask about who I am, but all the, I the am people want to know, Nick, the people want to <laughs> know. Uh, yeah. Let's just say, uh, who I am today is not who I was yesterday and not who I was 10 years ago. And who most people remember, um, I am an average man who is, uh, who has continuously on a daily basis, begin to strive for excellence in everything that I do touch, uh, see or want. And that's, that's all I am. I'm nothing special. I'm nobody amazing. I'm nobody incredible. Uh, and I, I'm nothing out of the ordinary. So I'm, I'm, I'm the people's, I'm the people's man because I am everybody else. I am all of you. I'm every, I'm everybody out there. I'm the average man. I'm the average person. Um, however, I just live life on an audite type level, on an excellent type level. Uh, and that's, I, I like to do everything to the best of my ability. I like to do everything above and beyond uh, what my natural capabilities are or how I wake up or how I see going after that. Um, so that, does that make me better? Absolutely not. It just makes me hungrier. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that, man. And I can hear it in your voice and I can hear the hungriness and the passion in your voice. But not only can I hear those things, I hear that you're humble at the end of the day, too. <laughs> no, that'd be. It's a phenomenal trait to have, too. I mean, because any of us can sit here and say all these things. But um, that that was a key part right there, which I, I really love. What I really want to kind of dig into is like, yeah. I mean, man, I you know, you've kind of given us example of who you are right now and yeah, that you're yeah. not the person that you was you you were yesterday but i'd really like to get in and know the nick nick the fury nick fury 
Nick, the Fury Mora. What, where did you, I mean, tell us a little bit about where you come from and yeah. maybe a little bit about your childhood, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going man. way back. I'm going way back. Yeah. 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 I'm going to be honest, man. Uh, I got this incredible photo. Actually, I just posted up on the, on the book of faces the other day and it was, uh, it's a photo of me in preschool and I'm wearing a blue suit tie ready to go. Man, I look like a seven-year-old businessman ready to take over the world. And that person that I was at seven years old is who I emulate today and who I want to be today at, at almost 40 years old. Uh, now, it's taken 33 years to get there, right? Uh, and a lot of trials and tribulations and struggles and, and a lot of situations that I've put myself in, that I've put my life in, that I've, put my, uh, uh, that I've directed myself in and, and to get there. But I look back now, and the reason I posted that photo is because that photo absolutely tells who I am or want to be today uh, is that man with a, uh, with a, with a wonderful smile on my face, a childlike spirit in everything that I do with, with the professionalism and business approach on, ta- on, on attacking life and attacking everything in there. But that's just how I was when I was younger, man. I, I was the guy that, uh, I'll be honest, one of my favorite toys as a kid was a keyboard. And what I would do, and, and I loved it because of the sound. I love the clicking keys, clicking, just click, 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 click. I can just sit there and I can just type away, type away, and type at nothing because it wasn't connected to anything. It wasn't showing anything. It was just, I just love to sit there and just click the keys. I love the noise that it makes. It just, it gave me, uh, it just gave me relaxation and, and I enjoyed it. Uh, and from there, I advanced my toy skills to uh, Hot Wheels and uh, G.I. Joe's and stuff like that. But I didn't use them like normal people. I didn't get, I didn't roll my, my Hot Wheels around like others did. Um, I was the kid that would get a hammer and I would smash them so that I could break them apart and see what was inside and see what they're all about. I remember for Christmas one day, my mom and, and God, you know, I love that woman to death. She's a, she was a single mother most of my life and, and who just took care of three children uh, all around the same age demographic. So when it comes to having a single income and taking care of three, three kids, one who is an asshole like me, um, just to say it was a struggle on a daily basis, but I remember for Christmas, she got me this big bucket of, of cars. I think it maybe had 25 cars in it and it was a, a bucket of cars and that was a Christmas gift that she gave me. Uh, and I was just so excited about it, playing with them and all that. Well, the very next day she gets home from work and every single one of them were smashed and destroyed. Uh, and she was infuriated, you know? What the, this is the, the money that we got, and we don't even have that much money. And this is what you're going to do with your toys. Like, wow, I just wanted to see how it worked. I just wanted to see what it did. And uh, she was upset, but at the same time, kind of like in her head, you can see her kind of pondering, like, yeah, well, this is the guy, this, this is the kid I'm, I brought up. You know what I mean? It, it makes, he makes some sense at the same token. Um, totally out of this world of what I did. And, and, and from there, I had advanced to uh, taking apart the toaster oven and uh, never learning how to put it back together uh, and a bunch of other stuff. So anyways, when it comes to where I was, I was, I was very blessed as a child because I had a mother who absolutely loved me to death and, and loved her family, loved us to death, worked her absolute butt off. I'm talking about, let me tell you a story real quick. This is, this is, a, this is the kind of mother that I have that I've, that I've been able to follow and who's kind of really helped me become the man that I am, right? So um, picture this, where uh, I'm about 10 years old, chunky little kid, Oshkosh Bagash, overalls, you know, with the elastic waist, because that's how we roll, right? Uh, I, let's just say I had a lot of chunky peanut butter back then. <laughs> but um, it's, uh, that's who we was. And so we were going on vacation again. Here, my mom, we're, is, we scrape up everything that we can. And uh, this is when my father was still around. 
uh, right before, I think probably about the year or so before he left. But um, we are off to, we, we have an old school, you guys might not remember this, uh, might be too young, but we had this old school Toyota van. It looked like a uh, lunchbox on wheels. And uh, we were going to California because from El Paso, California was, was the closest uh, beach that we could get to. So here we are going to California in this van that my mother had asked my father to go and get new tires on, get taken care of, oil change, all that good stuff, right? Now, from what I, I don't know if it ever happened. I don't know if you ever did it. I don't, I don't even know. It doesn't matter either way. But So we're driving down, and we're, we're on our way down I-10, and we're going through the um, hottest part of the country, which is that desert between Phoenix and California. Uh, can't remember the name of it now, but it's, it's one of the hottest places uh, in the U.S. in the middle of the summer. We're here. We are in July because we're we're kids and we're on on, on school break. We're going through, and a, po- a tire pops. Boom! Tire's gone. Right. We're in the middle of the desert. Three kids. We're you know just her single mother. Three kids, and she's just you know just excited. Like not excited in the sense of what shoot. What am I going to do? What's going on? goes and checks the spare the spare is uh is flat as well so she's like we just gotta we gotta figure this out so she keeps driving boom the next tire blows boom the next tire blows all four tires blow out and we ride that uh we ride that van as far as we can and then just gets out and, and starts walking and this is a mother of three kids and this is and I tell you that story, and what it leads to is the relentless resilience that my mom has always had through my entire life. And now if you look at me today and everything that I've been through, um, I actually live my life off of those same principles that I learned from my mom every single day, no matter how bad I was there, no matter how cruddy I was as a, as a kid, as a, as a young man, and, and as a, uh, or I should say young boy. Uh, until I became a man, I lived by a relentless resilience in life. Uh, it's actually to this day, it's actually tattooed on both my arms, uh, relentless resilience. And I learned that from my mom. So that tells a little bit about who I am today. But that was my childhood, man. I had, I was, uh, we had a single mother. My father was a, um, you know, uh, divorced and left when we were younger. And he's not a bad man. Um, he's still in my life. We still chat on a regular basis. Yeah, I would say maybe once a year we chat, usually on birthdays or so forth. We actually had a, a, a few text conversations today about a house. Um, but uh, still, still wasn't around. But this is what I say is he wasn't around when we were younger, so I wasn't able to – I didn't have that fatherly figure in our life. But it's not because he was a bad man or because he did it to this guy. He was a sheriff. He actually protected the streets of El Paso. And very proud of that man for what he did and the decision he made. However – he didn't do the same for his family. He didn't do the same when we came home. And, and let's just say this. I didn't learn my fight from my father. I learned my fight from my mother and my flight from my father because the effort wasn't there that you would want to see in someone who wants to fight for their children and, and to be around them. Now, don't get me wrong. My mother came at him pretty hard and it was nasty sometimes that she would come at him. But if you wanted something that bad, you'll learn to fight through it and ignore the crap to get what you really want. And, and so if you want to spend time with your kids, I, I think you'll make that happen so much, shape or form. So a lot of stuff that I learned growing up, man, uh, and, and, and coming through all that. And again, not a wealthy family by any means, shape or form. Uh, I, I think I've told the story on one of our first podcasts is I would see my mom on a daily basis, roll up a $20 bill. And was, that was her play money for an entire month. And uh, how she did it to this day, I have no clue. 
it is incredible. But yeah, I kind of gives a little bit of basis of uh, where we come from. Uh, I got an older sister, she's five years older. She's an incredible genius when it comes to marketing and putting together events. You would have thought after all the parties I do in high school, I'd be the event planner, but no, it's, it's really her. She, she works for uh, A&M now here in San Antonio. And then my brother, who is probably one of the best chefs I've ever met, got a chance to work with Gordon Ramsay and some other stuff out in Vegas. Um, so we all grew up pretty close. We were a family of four that grew up like we were the richest family in the world, but had a dime to our name. And it was absolutely a, a great life. I learned a lot from there. I grew from there a lot. And it made me, it's a lot of why I'm today who I am. And, and I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't wish that for a silver spoon in any way, shape or form. Yeah, no, that's awesome, man. And I'm actually right there with you and I can relate on a, a few different things that you said. I mean, there's a lot of good um, nuggets and, and motivation in there. I think um, my question is right now too is because, you know, every single one of us out there on this planet has been through something. I mean, and yeah, yeah. all our perception, like everybody's perspective is their own perspective on things went, you know, even even my own mother, her perspective on how it was raising me is different from my perspective on how she raised me. <laughs> yeah, you know what absolutely. I mean? So absolutely. we all have our own perspectives. So what I really want to dig into, Nick, is, I mean, your perspective. I hear the outcome now. You're, I mean, the outcome now is your your vision on everything is, like, just absolutely phenomenal, man. Like, you're... You're going to, I mean, you're already a, just a, a top player and I know you're going to bring a lot of value to a lot of people. I yeah. think what I want to know is like, just a simple question. I mean, how, how old were you whenever your mother and father, um, divorced? Yeah. So, um, I, we were I was somewhere right around age nine or 10, if I'm not mistaken, okay. maybe a little bit younger than that. Uh, when they uh, made that final separation and uh, decided to go separate ways um, at that oh. moment, no effect really on me, but I think it was, I, mean, I think it was the greatest thing that could ever happen, but yeah, go on. What you're, you're, you're no, asking. so so you don't think at, at nine or 10, it affected you in any way? And man, I'll be, I'll be real honest with you, bro. And it's, I, I've locked, I've, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and I've gone back and forth and, and uh, uh, so many different, conversations about that and i honestly don't believe it had any negative effect on me i didn't i didn't act out with a purpose of loneliness or sadness or mis displacement of any sort or you know why did he leave why did he leave me I, I don't i don't recall acting like that and i and i still to this day can't everything that i did wrong every path that i took that was wrong and bad and and horrible in, in, in lots of those directions. None of it was because, oh, my father wasn't around to discipline me. I'll yeah. be real honest, even if he was, I probably still would have done it because I just didn't give a damn. You know what I mean? And, and I, don't, I can't imagine that an iron fist or an iron hand would have stopped that in any way, shape, or form. It might have made it even worse at that stage. So um, I'll be totally 100% honest with you. I don't believe it had any effect on me. Get this. Uh, we were in... Uh, so when it first happened, um, we started going to therapy, right? You know, you know they wanted us to go to uh, a shrink and, and talk to us. So we were going through that. Well, it took me one session to realize that if I acted like I needed therapy, I would be able to get out of school. Not only that, but my mom would buy me ice cream afterwards 
and treat me extra nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, took, it took me one session to realize this. So every session after that, I acted as if I needed another one. And it was, now that I see that shit to pay for it, I feel really bad. But uh, um, I did it, and, and I did it because I wanted to get out of class. And I remember the ink block test, and I remember re- reading, because we had an Encyclopedia Britannica, all, I don't know how many um, books of it, up on our shelf. I remember it was, they were uh, like a yellowish gold with a green stripe on it, Encyclopedia Britannica. So I researched ink block tests, right? Because they were going to give me one to see where I stood mentally. So I started reading up on it. So when I went back the next day, I just started talking about things that I saw, which I didn't really see. I just knew that if I said that, it would get me more time. So I would get out of school more often, right? So, yeah. Oh, I see uh, I see evil faces in this being blocked, or I oh, see God. this. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, and I absolutely manipulated the system at that age. I was selling myself so I could get out of school. And I think that's uh, <laughs> probably when I started to sell uh, and become a salesman of some sort, shape, or fashion. Yeah, yeah. Holy, holy shit so that's uh, this is why i fucking love you nick because we can relate on a few different levels i mean um, my mine was voices um, <laughs> i love those yeah i said i, I said i was hearing voices <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man i know that's it, that's kind of crazy that it, it goes back to that and then even the therapy sessions when you were young but you know yep. no I, I i've actually i've definitely been there that's what's crazy um you know, for me, I think, I don't know. It's like, for me personally, I feel like, you know, kids are resilient. Absolutely. I mean, kids are probably stronger than most adults today who have gotten stuck in their ways. They've gotten yeah. stuck in their own habits. They don't even realize it anymore. They were more resilient as a child than they are as an adult. It's a lot of it because they don't know, right? We don't know any better. We only know what we're taught, what we're shown, and what's exemplified in front of us, right? So we are more resilient because we're more ignorant to the truth, uh, or I should say lack there of the truth. So we're ignorant to the lie, and we're more ready for the actual truth in the moment what's happening. And I think that's so I agree with you 100%, is children can be more resilient um, because they're more ignorant and yeah. they live more on a by faith basis. They have yeah. faith that what you're telling them is correct. They have faith that what you're doing is, is the right way to act. And so we start to mimic that, act that, and, and transpire through those, uh, through those activities of what's around us. And uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, and I, I definitely get that too. And like for me, I, I can really relate on you know not making excuses you know at the same time it's like for me if my father had been around I mean dude I do I think if I had that iron you know that iron hand or that iron claw like just right there telling me what to do would I have still probably done the same things that I have done probably I mean yeah I was stubborn yeah yeah I was stubborn hey Brian what's up man what's going on guys where you at, man? <laughs> hey, hey, no, man, I, I'm here, dude. I, I'm I'm listening to you guys. So, um, but I mean, dude, Nick, I love the story about you know your 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 uh, mom showing the resilience that you know consistency and uh, just the way that she she uh, kind of helped you grow up. I, I want to really lead this conversation into I, I like I, I want to see who was Nick like. Nick, if I met you in high school, my my brother. Oh God! Uh, you know, uh, just I, I want you to just kind of think about that time in your life, right? High school. Okay. 
And yeah. let's just park it there during your high school years. Get, get, oh. get, give me a story. Give me a story that, you know, that helped you build up your character. And now, you know, this story could be like, you know, one time, you know, maybe you had a fucking bad issue that happened or maybe something great, a great outcome, mm-hmm. maybe something you accomplished. Uh, just giving you some pointers in there. But, you know, give us a story of something that helped you build up your character into the man that you are and becoming uh, as of the Nick that we know today. I got you. Okay, so I'm going to dive into this, and I'm going to take your question, but I got to go in a different direction slightly, but this is why. Um, The man I am today uh, has completely transition from who I was then. And if I had continued to follow that direction, if that makes sense, but let me, let me go back a little bit further and then I'll, I'll end this statement with a strong statement that I, that I want to use. But so I'm gonna go back to like middle school, right? Right. Leading into high school. Right. So here I was, I was, I was a chubby kid and uh, I was not popular by any means, shape or form. I was a chubby kind of nerdy kid. Didn't play video games. I didn't get along with those guys. I was too chubby to go outside and rollerblade. Because uh, my ankles wouldn't hold it, hold myself up. So I just wasn't that kind of cool kid. Now, I wasn't like the biggest nerd. I was always able to get along with people. So I always had good friends and, uh, and so forth like that, right? So it's, it, it's, I, I, was, I was able to do that. But uh, I was still kind of made fun of. I was that chubby kid, right? And uh, I think one of the, the factors in life that actually had a major impact was this kid and his name was nick also get this right young thin kid uh uh long hair all the girls loved him you know we're we're talking about sixth grade or seventh grade something like that uh, um and, and like love really matters back then right but all the girls liked him because he had this long hair and you're just this thin uh this, this thin kid right well he would just talk so much trash at me so much trash to me and so one day it's like it finally snapped right and when it finally snapped, I grabbed him by that damn ponytail he had, spun him around in circles with that fat kid's trink that I had, uh, and beat the crap out of him. And it was that defining moment that actually kind of led me to become who I was after that, which I was, I was the guy who didn't care what anybody said, what anybody said about me, what anybody thought about me, or what anybody, I was going to do me. Nick was going to do Nick no matter what, and I was going to, if I thought it was a good idea, I was going to do it. And most of the time it wasn't a good idea. That's for sure. But uh, it was, it, it was one of those determined factors that just kind of helped. It, it broke that shell. So unlike bullying nowadays, which maybe can get cool or whatever. Uh, I just think it's because p- kids are coddled too much. Right. But I was bullied to a degree where, where um, it actually finally broke me, but it broke me by, by making me stronger. It broke me by making me want to do more and, and and, you know, like I said, at, at, at that age, can you say you're really trying to accomplish something like No. But what it did is it gave me the character to, to feel more confident in myself because I was like, and I might be bigger, but I'll beat the crap out of you. Uh, you know what I mean? Or, or, and I, and I just, it just something snapped in me where I just didn't care uh, uh, what people thought of me, what people did. And so I was able to get through the remainder of middle school or high school with that kind of mentality. And I had multiple different groups of friends. Um, I was also the bully myself in some cases. Um, so I, I just remember our crew, right? So we, uh, I love to party, love to have good time, all that kind of stuff. Well, one of the biggest things that, uh, impacted me was becoming a heavy, 
I was a, a heavy player in the, uh, we used to call them crews, party crews, right? Basically what it was, was it was a cleaner version of a gang. We just didn't act like gangsters or tolos or anything like that. We were just, uh, we just did a lot. We would say we were just a crew that would love to throw parties. But that always led into fights, of course, with other party crews. And if you weren't wearing the right hats and all this other stuff, right? So that's who we were. But I, I had this group uh, called the Lost Boys. And, and we would just um, throw the raddest, most radical, incredible parties uh, at all over the place. I remember my mom left for uh, school. She was, she was teaching during the uh, summer, summer break. And we were there in high school. And this is kind of one of those things that kind of helped kind of I guess identify who I was at that time. Uh, but we had a, uh, she said we had to clean the pool cause we were, we were in a house that had a pool. So we emptied that pool out <laughs> and we went and bought paint and we painted, uh, because this is also when MTV cribs was popular. Also, you guys might not remember that, but, um, so we got that pool and we painted the lost boy symbol at the bottom of that pool, filled it back up with water. My mom got back. She was so excited because we cleaned the pool until she got closer to it, looked down and saw the big old LB at the bottom. And all of us were just like chanting in the backyard. And my mom was just with her shit. She didn't know what to do, but uh, she also, I mean, she was, again, it was like the car situation. She was thankful at the same time. She was, she was pretty upset. Um, just, man, we just so many crazy, stupid stuff like that. But anyways, so, Here's what happened. Uh, because of who I was in high school and the, kind of the, the person that I became, which was I was still somewhat made fun of, but I wasn't the most popular kid, but I was that kid that got out of classes and, and I was able to get out of things. I had I worked when I was uh, started working when I was 15 years old, and uh, so I was able to get myself a car. My father bought me my first one. It was a Honda Accord, 1989. Uh, and from there, I upgraded to a, a uh, to a Mustang and then to a Turbo Beetle. That was a show car, all sorts of right? That always worked. So I was able to have money and, and help people out. And, and that's who I've become since. Just that one that wants to help people out. I was always the first one to go show up to a, um, I was always the first one to show up to a fight to protect somebody else. And I was always the first one to back everybody else up. I was always the first one to tell a lie to protect you from getting in trouble because I felt like my value was less than yours or, or that's how I would show my loyalty. Right. And, and by, by being the first one to, be there to back you up to support you so let me lead back into that so all of that that i just said what it did is it taught me to become loyal to those who were loyal back to me and that's kind of how i live my life now however i've had to go through a lot of struggles and tribulations on following the right people that i should be loyal to for many years i followed the wrong ones and I was loyal to those who weren't as loyal back to me or were loyal to the wrong situations, right? However, still to this day, I follow the same street knowledge that I always grew in, which is loyalty. And I actually had this conversation with my, uh, with, with my boss the other day, and I told him it was late at night, and I just sent him a text. And I said, hey, listen, this is an opportunity. This is something that came up. There's an opportunity. I didn't even go through with it because I want you to know that I, made, I gave you my word. I gave you my, I gave you my, uh, my, my promise, and I intend to keep that to the very end, and we will accomplish that promise. Uh, so that goes all the way back to then when I had this crew, these Lost Boys, that we just developed this loyalty with each other uh, to protect each other and hold each other, and and how we would take care of each other back then. And it's just something that I've lived through uh, going on. Now I just do it more intelligently, if, if that makes any sense. No, no, absolutely, man. So uh, 
Good lessons learned there, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. And here's what I was going to get at, and I, I forgot to put all this piece in there, right? But so back in high school, I was always chasing the dream. This is this is what I was going to get to on, on the other piece of that, man, when I talked about the cars and, and the Lost Boys and everything else that we had in the pool. So, uh, and also the MTV Cribs, drawing that, that mural down at the bottom of the, uh, of the pool. What all this really did was outside of the loyalty, that's who I became. But then I, what, I, what happened is I also developed this characteristic of always wanting more, always wanting better, always wanting to do things, right? So back then I started selling Coke when I was in eighth grade, right? I started selling cocaine and, and I, I, I found myself in situations that no kid should ever be in uh, just out of pure stupidity. And, and I, to this day, you know, uh, I apologize to everybody in the world for, for that, especially to my family. But I got involved in selling Coke and it's, not because I loved the game or not because I was a thug or because I had to feed my family and I had to step up. And so I was on the street to step up. No, I did it because I wanted more. I did it because I wanted to, to, I always was chasing this goal uh, of more. I was always chasing this dream uh, of more, right? I was always just chasing after the next big thing, the next big hit, the next big uh, sell, the next big batch, the next big, party so I could make more money, right? I was always chasing this dream, chasing and chasing and chasing the dream. Well, that chase got me in a lot of trouble. And and up until just a few years ago, it still got me into a lot of trouble because I was always chasing a dream. So, so what is happening? Oh, go ahead. So, so, so Nick, you know, Hey, let, let's, I want to, I want to park it right there for a second. So, you know, you're always getting, you're always getting in trouble. You're trying to change this dream. Yeah. Let, let me ask you this. All right. And this is a really oh, this, is, this is a really hard question, man. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest loss you've ever had to experience in your life that you know broke you down and said, "Man, like you know, you know, kind of second thoughts." You, you know, had you had second thoughts on like who you really were as a person? Yeah, so that's that's a perfect segue. Um, to end where I was at, actually, that actually leads right into it. So, two things. One, and I learned my lesson for a while, but it wasn't enough. One, I was uh, still in, I was right at senior year, maybe, yeah, I was the senior year in, in high school. And um, I was, I, I set up this uh, scheme where we were robbing this local hardware store and then we'd rob uh, power tools and then we'd go sell them or pawn them or, or get money from them from contractors and then we'd use that money to buy stuff, right? Uh, buy bigger loads and other stuff. Well, I went out there and we uh, made, uh, we had it set up. This is probably going to be my seventh hit to the store and I'm implementing myself right now, but thank God the store is uh, bankrupt, not because of me. <laughs> but they're bankrupt and the entire case has been exploring and all sorts of other stuff. I had a great lawyer. But nonetheless, um, here we, so we were we were hitting this place and we hit it and they had finally caught on, right? This is probably seventh or eighth time. They finally caught on. Well, as I'm going around to finish the job, which was to pull the, the item out of the hiding place that we had set up, um, helicopter pulls up. 20, 30 cops and undercover pop out of the, pop off the roof, pop out of the doors, pop off the other, the other door from the other store. And they just get me, they take me in, tackle me down. The Yo, guy that I was with. That's crazy, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that I was with, which is when I learned loyalty to the wrong people, ran off like a punk, took off no. and never got caught and, and never took any blame for it. But anyway. Hey, hey Nick, Nick. All, yeah. Go ahead. Real quick. How old were you? You said senior uh, year? 
Man, I might have been 17 or 18 years old, something around there, give or take. Okay, all right, go ahead. My bad. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so uh, he drives off, right? Well, get this. That day I was in jail, I had to call my mom from jail and say, Happy Mother's Day. I'm in jail. And uh, I remember her coming to get me and so they got me out. She bailed me out, all this other stuff. And I remember these words to, to this day and they haunt me because I did this to her. She's like, that's a wonderful, uh, the, the best, the best mother's day gift I ever got was my son in jail. Thank you so much for that son. Thank you so much for that. With this pure, she never had a hate for me, but this just pure, utter, broken disappointment in me. And not only that, but it was disappointment in me, but this is where it really hurts. And this is where it really, 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 really messed me up inside at that point was there was disappointment in herself because of who I had become. And when I realized that I didn't just break myself, when I realized I just broke the only person in this world who will always, like the prodigal son, who will always leap to me and will always be there for me, who will always have my back, who will always be there to support me and, and will never turn her back on me. When I broke her, it was, it was, it was, it was game changing. It was That's absolutely crazy, life man. game changing. And hey. so, yeah, that was, that was round one. I got questions. I do. Yeah. Brian, you got something or I, I do have questions. I, I mean, that just sounds like a, that's, that's so, that's a strong statement right there. Cause you know, you, you kind of broke the trust of the person that always believed in you. I'm not saying she didn't believe in you after that, but you know, that, that, yeah. that hurt both parties pretty, pretty uh, substantially. The one person I should have loyalty to is the loyalty that I broke. Yeah. No. And I, I, I definitely understand that cause I've done it time and time and time and time again. And that's where my question is going to lead into because, you know, you told me, Nick, that, you know, everything kind of changed for you a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're 33 now. Uh, 40 now almost. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I appreciate that, though. No, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I, mean, I look 33. So I'll take it. No, I, it looks like you're about to turn 33. So, uh, yeah, no, you're looking good over there, bro. Good, no. real good 30-30. Yeah, no, no. So my question is, damn, so you're about to be 40 and you said things changed kind of a few years ago, right? Just a few years ago, yeah, bro. So this happened, I, the, the only reason, and I'm not coming at you right now with nothing that I haven't gone through myself too. Oh, and I'm, I'm younger than you. I'm about to be 30 here in July. But like even then, I had the same situations and scenarios hit me where yeah. I disappointed those and what I would have thought, I thought I, you know, broke the trust of these people, which in a, in a way I did. Um, but even then, I mean, there's so many people that I've just let down time and time and time again. And, you know, this happened when you were 17 or 18 and maybe it's a collective, um, you know, a collective like bunch of experiences that lead up to when you actually decide to change. My question is, because for me, I did it, man. Like I, I did the same thing and I disappointed people time and time and time again, over and over yeah. again. Until, and even though I felt, and what's weird is that guilt that you felt for doing those things to those people just fed into you doing something stupid again. So yeah. when was the exact turning point a few years ago? I mean, where was the, I mean, 
for me personally, you know, like I explained in the last one and gave kind of a little, you know, tidbit of it. I mean, what was the last part? I'm, I'm talking the last straw, the, the last straw where you were like, okay, now it's really, it's really time for a change. What? Yeah. So, uh, Three years ago, give or take, um, I had my construction company and uh, three major things happened in my life. One, uh, I went through, it's probably three or four years ago now, uh, I went through a severe breakup with someone that I truly cared about and it was uh, devastating to me, uh, man-wise. And and was that mostly my fault? I'm going to take all the blame in the world for it uh, because that's what I do. Second was after that, a partner who's a friend of mine who was, we were friends for, for many, many years. Uh, and also uh, became business partners with, um, took me for a big old chunk of change and, and it was just devastating. And that was just as hard, just as hard or, or heartbreaking as the, the breakup with this young lady was. Um, so here my heart was just absolutely destroyed, just ravished, destroyed. Uh, I mean, it was broken to pieces, right? Well, so then I then I, I, I had my own construction company and I lose my construction company. I fall off the roof, two-story roof. I fall off the roof and hit, uh, break, you know, blow my bicep, all sorts of other stuff. That's happening. At the same token, I'm, I'm, I'm selling dope to, because that's what I know best, right? I leave, I go back to who I was. You before. went back to it, yeah. Yeah, I went back to it because I knew this is how I make money, you know, gather money and get, my, get back on my feet, right? So I go right back to where I thought I knew best. So I'm selling dope again. I'm out there doing that stuff. Well, I'm on my way to go grab a lick. And I think I might have mentioned a story before, but I'm on my way to go grab a lick. And it wasn't a small lick. I'm talking about where I was about to go grab half a key uh, and about to go pick that up, right? This is the first time in probably three years I was actually empty. My my cases, my vials, and everything that I had were 100% completely empty. I had zero Coke on me for the first time in three years. First night of three years, I have zero Coke on me. Well, I'm on my way to go pick up this major lick. I pop open a tall boy uh, because to keep the high down, I would drink so that I could stay level throughout the evening while I was out doing my deliveries. So I'm on my way. I'm on my way. I get pulled over because I swerve. Not because I was drunk, but I swerve because I couldn't see this little tiny car. Um, I swerve, I get pulled over, I get, you know, they, they, they stop me, right? And here I am, I was about to go grab a huge chunk that would have probably put me away for 20, 25 years. Um, they pull me over and I smell like a little bit of alcohol because I had one sip, but I wasn't drunk. So breathalyzer passed it, pull me out, and they want me to do a field sobriety test. I, I fucking passed it, right? They still take me in because they have this expert, uh, this expert guy who, whatever, he has the most arrests for DWIs, blah, 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 takes me in. So I go and I'm in jail, right? Well, fast forward four weeks, uh, my blood results came back with zero alcohol in my system, or 0.01. It was like almost nothing, like a sip of beer, basically, in my system. Yeah, um, yeah. But here in San Antonio, they have this thing called pretrial services. So I'm on pretrial. I get out of jail and I've got a ankle monitor on one leg. I've got an, uh, breath. I got an ankle monitor on the second leg, one for GPS, one for alcohol content. And here I was, I didn't have any alcohol. Any, and I'm on 24, seven, 365 house arrest. Damn. Only way to, only way to get around it through, um, only way to get anywhere, even for groceries was by police escort. Um, and I come out when I finally get out of jail, I come out to having absolutely nothing, no car, no vehicle, no place to live, nothing but myself. So here I go from, thought I had everything, thought I was doing everything, just living this game, living this, this, this lifestyle, but still completely broken and destroyed and all this stuff. And, and I get out and I have absolutely nothing. I said this to you last week and I've said it before and it's what I've lived by, but I one day saw, and I say it every single time, 
when I got out and I finally like just grasped, I grasped life. I grasped what had happened to me. I looked in the mirror and I saw the man that I was looking back at the man that I could be. And I realized that I was stepping myself. I, I just put myself right back in hell where I, where I began. So from that day on, to this day and to where I am today. And I always say this, because sometimes people say, oh, you walk like you're arrogant. You don't have shit. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have the finances. Check your bank account compared to my bank account. Man, fuck off. I don't care about any of that shit. I'm not running towards the dream anymore like I used to when I was a kid or like that took me so long to relive. I'm running from the nightmare that I created uh, because of all the bad decisions I have. So I'm on a different path than every other motherfucker out there. And so when I'm running and when I come in hot, it's because I'm running away from something that you have never experienced and that's something that you should never go through. And you're, you'd be lucky that you didn't go through that. So as you run for your dream, just remember I'm going to run harder, faster, and longer than you will because I'm running from a nightmare that is god-awful. And if you want to know what hell is, I've lived it. And, and so that's basically going back to what Brian asked. It's three questions ago up to answer where you're at right now, Chaz, is, is that situation, that one right there was a, was a, was a, uh, breaking, broke the camel's back. And that's what led me to the direction that I want to be in today. And, and, and you know, kind of where we're at. So, so yeah. man, that, dude, that's damn, damn, damn. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, when I talk about the hell too, I, I tell this, this is the craziest thing, man. Is I have to wake. I've had to wake up, and I've reflected a lot of this. Actually, today I reflected on this a lot. In this weekend, I reflected on it because there's just been a lot going on lately, and I had to bring myself back down. I had to level myself out, right, uh, and, and kind of mentally level, get 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 straight again in, in a couple areas. And, and what I realized is, I started looking back, and I was like, man, there have been four guns to my head, and triggers pulled, and for some reason, a bullet never a bullet never shot out. There have been multiple times a knife has been swung at me and not a scratch arrived. There have been multiple situations I've been, pulled, I've been, I've been arrested. I was, I was beat by the cops because we beat the cops. I woke up in a hospital bed with, with blood screwing down my face because I was, I, I was beat by the cops. Right. Uh, I've been tased. I've been this, I've been, I've ran, I've hid, I've gone through all this shit. Right. I've been, I fell off a two story roof. And I was six foot away from rebar and six foot away from construction material. And I landed right there. And the only thing that messed up was my, was my bicep and my spleen and a couple other things. But I walked away from there. And there's just so many different situations in life that I've walked through and that I've gotten out of. So what it's done is it's, I had to reflect back on this. And it's, what it's done is it's made me realize that if I'm still breathing, and I've said this before, I'm still breathing through all that shit that I put myself in. It's not because of any other situation, but because of myself. But if I've survived that, then I obviously have a greater purpose than just to walk around aimlessly attacking one thing, the dollar bill, the next stack, the next success rate, or the next person's approval. I already obviously have someone's approval and that's why father's up in heaven. And that's the only approval I need. So therefore I, again, I'm not running towards the dream any longer. I'm running from the nightmare and I'm not here to be the, uh, I'm not here to be a light in a dark room. I'm not here to be anybody's motivation. I'm not here to afford you that. I'm here in my life to be the beacon of light to guide others from going through the same storm that I got myself flipped over and turned out in and to lead them back to that. So 
that. No, that's, that's phenomenal, bro. And I, I fucking love that. Cause I mean, honestly, only God knows, um, at the end of the day, really only God knows why, why he, he, he has us here too. You know, um, I've been there. I, I've literally, literally been there and, and, you know, took, went head first into the pavement at 60 miles an hour. I mean, off a of Harley street glide and still, uh, God just keeps, keeps coming up and he has you here for a reason, bro. Um, we might not know what that reason is until we're gone, but all we do know is that we can do the fucking absolute very best while we're here. Um, and eventually it'll be revealed to us. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, thank you for sharing, man. Like really, thank you. Yeah. That's, that's and this is what I, this is what I guess maybe I'll, I'll leave off on. I know we're kind of close to time. This is what I would leave off on then is, is it's, it's not about what you can accomplish in my life. When I walk in with arrogance and people say that, you know, because of this, because of that, that I walk like I'm arrogant, or I think I'm a badass, or I think this. No, 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 no. I'm not after accomplishments anymore. Now, accomplishments will happen by default. Accomplishments will happen in life. But it's not because I'm after accomplishments. What I'm after is I'm after uh, what I can become and who I can become. So when I walk the way I walk, when I talk the way I talk, and when I have the confidence that I have, it's because I'm continually striving in an excellent pattern, in a pattern of excellence, to, be, to become the best version of me. And it's because I'm excited about who I am to become and who I'm going to become, not for the accomplishment that comes with it. I don't need the praise and, the, and all that stuff. I don't need any of that. I just need to know that I am better today than I was yesterday. And that's what has gotten me to where I'm at today. And that's what leads me in the direction that I want to go into tomorrow is no longer, I'm no longer feasting up the dreams, the accomplishments. I'm no longer trying to to not be the chubby kid anymore. I'm not trying to prove myself to anybody. I'm not trying to prove myself to my friends. I'm not trying to prove myself to my loyalty or to, to my money or to my bank account or to the things that I want. All I am doing now is proving that the purpose I am still here is existence and, and, and still has uh, a reason for me to be here and that I will still continue to become that person that I need to be to accomplish that, which is my purpose, not anything else that is worldly. And, and that's just, that's uh, I guess that sums up Nick for you. Yeah, dude, I love it, man. I love, <laughs> I love it. it, Nick. Yeah, y'all heard it from the man himself. Become the best version of yourself that you can be. Do it for you, not others. Guys, guys, we appreciate Bro. you listening again. Please share over to your friends and family. This was story of Nick Mora, Mr. Nicholas Mora. I hear. Uh, one of your hosts of Let's Talk Life and Business. Any last words there, Nick? Any last words, Chaz? Chaz, you got anything? No, man. Okay, kick ass the week and be better than the person you were yesterday, man. Absolutely. Uh, all I can say is live with audite. That means live with excellence in everything that you do. Continue to be the beacon. Don't be the light. You are who you become, not what you have. And that's what you want to strive for on a daily basis. Uh, many more to go, many more shows to go, and a lot more story to tell. So let's get it. Have a badass week, kick ass, and make make this week your best one yet. Heck yeah. Let's have a great week, guys. Thank you again for listening. We appreciate you. Woo! Yeah. I'm going to go get my peanut butter on now. <laughs>